everybody, and welcome to Joyfully You podcast. I am your host, Kelsey Lowe. I'm a self-love and empowerment coach, and I am on a mission to inspire and empower you to love and lead, to love the life you live, to love yourself, and to lead yourself and to lead the people around you by being that example of what you want to see in the world. So hello, everybody, and welcome. So before we get started on our topic for today, our topic is seven tips for sensitive souls for you to be able to hear that inner wisdom, how to calm the chatter of the world that we live in, how to calm our minds in order to hear that wisdom. Because if you're a sensitive and intuitive person, if you're an empathetic person, You can sometimes be absorbing these different messages of the world around you, and it can cloud your ability to hear your inner voice. And we don't want that. We want you to be able to hear your own intuitive wisdom because there's a lot of love and guidance and empowerment there, okay? So before we get started on these tips for sensitive souls, um, I have a special announcement. Glow Self-Love Mastermind doors are open. And so this exact thing that I'm going to be talking about are some of the things that you learn in the mastermind. It's a six-month online mastermind for women that are empathetic, ambitious, and ready to achieve their goals with spiritual alignment. And so it's a different type of energy. It's learning feminine leadership. It's learning how to lead yourself, how to access that wisdom, and how to incorporate self-love tools like meditation and journaling, and really connecting to your own own self-love. You know, that's what it comes down to is how you love yourself is how you lead yourself. And so if you're having a difficulty creating structure and showing up for your day and you're procrastinating and you're letting people walk all over you, there's a lack of self-leadership there. And those are the things that you'll learn with GLOW. And so in GLOW... um, You have private one-on-one calls with me as your coach and mentor. There's group calls where you get to meet the other women. And there's an app where you get a training video each week um, and notifications of that video so you can be able to be on that self-love journey yourself around creating an abundance mindset of creating structure and devotion for what it is that you want to create in your life and in your relationships. And so... That is the announcement. There is a link in the show notes where you'll be able to schedule a one-on-one call with me and also learn more. There's a bunch of testimonials. Like I'm a Virgo. If you need testimonials and you want to see what other people have to say, you want to read the details, I get it. I get it. Okay. So let's dive into these tips around. um, Hi, Christine. Hello and welcome. Sending you so much love. So let's dive into these tips for sensitive souls of how to use your inner wisdom and access that wisdom. Okay. So tip one, stop watching the fucking news (laughs) straight and to the point. Okay. Sending you love, honey. Yes. Okay. So step one, stop watching the news. This is crucial. Okay. So I went to the gym this morning and there's like five TVs and every single one of them had something on there that I literally started just closing my eyes because I could feel my energy draining just by staring at them. I wasn't even listening just by staring. Okay. So I've been in broadcast journalism. I've studied um, mass communications, you know, because I thought that that's what I wanted to do. I thought I wanted to be a news lady. So I studied that a lot in high in college. And one of the biggest things that they talk about is if it bleeds, it reads. So find the bloody story, like, you know, find the thing that causes fear and anxiety in people. So they will be hooked and and won't be able to stop reading. So we have to remember kind of the behind the scenes of what's going on in our media outlets. It's not here to comfort you. It's not here to, it's here to inform you of the worst of the worst things happening in the world. And so if you are a sensitive soul, be aware of watching the news. I I personally don't watch it at all because this is my philosophy on it. If what's up? How are you doing? If it's really important, the people in your life are going to tell you about it. That's just how it goes. If it's truly important, someone will tell you. And so are you willing to be disconnected from the news in order to cultivate your own personal peace? Okay. So that's number one. To be able to have tips for cultivating joy as a sensitive soul, stop watching the fucking news. 
period. If you have notifications on your phone that you are getting this like information of like, attention, so many deaths from this or this national tragic disaster, blah, blah, blah. So-and-so killed so-and-so. Like it is a dopamine hit each time we get that information because the mind loves like something new, right? It's like, oh my gosh, like even if it's devastating, it's still, there's still an addictive quality of wanting to be in the know, wanting to have something to bring to conversations. Like, you know, that feeling of knowing something first, it feels kind of good, right? Or the feeling of hearing a song first and then it becoming popular. It's like, oh, I heard it first, right? That's our ego, just wanting to be in the know wanting to have that information. So you have to be willing to not be in the know in order to cultivate that inner peace. And so be very weary of what you are consuming into your psyche because the things that you are consuming is shaping the belief and the structure of how you see the world. So if you're constantly getting notifications on your phone where you're in the middle of doing something and then boom, a news outlet app is sending you an update of a news story your point of focus just got disrupted and infused with fear. It just got disrupted and infused with something scary. So stop watching the news, right? Um, Rather than sensational journalism. Yeah. I mean, people want to know uh, the biggest stories, the most tragic, the most intense, the most insane, the most like, oh my God. And if I think about, you know, uh, humanity as a, as a whole, the things that are, are like, the way that we used to get information was through storytelling. And it's like a beautiful form that still lives on through social media. But the amount of information that we all, the amount of information that we get is a lot. And so, okay, if you want to consume the news and be in the know, schedule it into your day and make time for it. Have a 10 minute block where you to say, this is the time I'm sitting down and intentionally checking updates to see what's going on in the world. You know, and if you're, but for me as a sensitive soul, right? And if you're listening to this podcast right now, um, or if you're in my world on Instagram, you likely have a sensitive soul or you're someone that we've met through traveling or whatever. But, oh man. And so here's the thing be aware of what you're consuming your headspace with. If you can be able to consume information and you don't feel any stress and you don't feel any type of, um, fear that cultivates within you, then all right, keep doing your thing. But what I have found for myself personally is not consuming any type of news and allowing myself to have some level of obliviousness has allowed me to really cultivate joy within my life because I'm able to be on purpose with what my immediate life is unfolding in front of me versus the what ifs that are happening around the world. So tip number two, be aware of what TV and movies you're watching. You know, I've definitely noticed in my life the times where I am more desensitized and I'm struggling with my own mental health or emotional health is when I'm able to watch TV shows that are more like, for example, like Grey's Anatomy, the times where I am like, getting hooked and watching Grey's Anatomy where like it's literally like an operating room and it all looks very, very real is when I'm feeling kind of depressed and my vibe is a lot lower. Don't get me wrong. I love Grey's Anatomy, but when I am tapped in, tuned into my own peace and my own mission in this world and my own like self-leadership and love, and I'm feeling my, my best when I'm watching Grey's Anatomy, I'm like, Oh, 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 I can't, you know? And so this is my my take on it. Watching violent and um, movies and TV shows that are like psychological thrillers and you know things like that, it starts to steal our joy when we are in our actual life outside of that TV show. Because for example, if you are, you know, driving and you're having a good time and you're with your family and you're laughing and something happens it can be difficult to really sink into joy if we have an entire cabinet file of traumatic images. So all of a sudden, our mind can go to the worst case scenario of a car accident 
or someone getting hurt or someone getting sick or someone getting attacked, you know, because we have so many movies and TV shows that have infused that perspective into us. So that can be a big block that can stop us from experiencing joy. And so from one sensitive soul to another, be very on purpose with what you consume and notice the feelings that it creates in your body. Notice the feelings that it creates in your body when you consume certain TV shows and you consume certain movies because it matters, okay? Even when you feel like it doesn't, it does. So the third element, which, you know, we've talked about news, we've talked about TV shows and movies. Now we're talking about music. Be aware of the music you're listening to and the messages that are within that music. Even if you feel slightly desensitized from it, you're like, no, I just like the beat. I just like the beat. Okay, cool. But also start to listen to music that has like a good message and notice if you feel different when you listen to it. You know, music, especially being someone who's empathetic, sensitive soul, like having music that moves your emotions um, is super important and and remembering the beautiful tool that is music. And I I call it literally a tool. It's a tool, but of course it's, it's art. It's art. And so whenever I'm in a funky mood, I go to music. I call it the four M's, which you can write these down. Music, movement, mantras, and meditation. Those are the four M's that can help move stagnant energy whenever you're feeling, I like to use the word crunchy, whenever you're feeling crunchy, right? Whenever you're feeling off, whenever you're feeling like there isn't a flow of energy, that you're not feeling connected to your heart, you're not feeling connected, like you're in a state of like overthinking or overwhelmed or fear, you know, let music run through you and heal. And so, but if you only have music, that's like not uplifting or, you know, so just be aware, be aware of the messages within the music that you listen to. And if you need a playlist, I'm your girl. (laughs) I'll send you my Spotify personal playlist that I have. I have so many different playlists for different moods to evoke different emotions, um, that are definitely like self-love type of music. So That's the third one. Um, The fourth tip for sacred souls, for ah, sacred souls too, but I was going to say sensitive souls, is creating a sacred morning and evening routine. Okay. And so when I say sacred, it means no phone for me. My mornings, I'm very protective of my mornings because I've noticed that how I spend my morning affects how my entire day goes. So in the morning when I wake up, And like, I'm starting to notice, like I I did it today where I didn't open up my cell phone or social media or emails or anything until about 11, 11.30 this morning. And so waking up, going to the gym, having my morning practice, journaling, preparing for my day. I know it's a little bit different because I'm not a mom and I am an entrepreneur. So I am 100% accountable for my own time and my own schedule. So this might not totally relate with you with the certain things that you have going on within your life and that's okay. But I'm sure there can be modifications that are made to create this beautiful sacred time in the morning that does not involve picking up your phone first thing when you wake up. Because what I've discovered is most, and I've had this habit before too, most people go to bed scrolling on their phone and wake up scrolling on their phone. And this does a lot of things for us, okay? Obviously, it's kind of addicting. We're all kind of addicted to our cell phones. Like our, our social medias are an endless scroll. There's never, we're never going to get to the bottom, right? You can keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and more shit will populate more. And I don't want to say shit, right? Cause I, you're on social media. You're listening right now. I'm a fan of social media. I love it. It's helped me connect with so many people and so many women that I get to be a part of their journey. And if I get to bring joy and love into someone's life, excuse me, that's fulfilling my purpose. But the mornings and the evenings, and I'm going to explain why this is so important. The mornings and the evenings need to be sacred. Put an emoji in the comment box if you are resonating with this right now. When we first wake up, our subconscious is still waking up. Our mind, our body, everything. And so I feel I feel like the mind is like a sponge when we first wake up. We're still kind of coming out of our dream state. And I've studied the brain waves with meditation. And 
if we grab our phone first thing in the morning and we go to social media, we are skipping up to these crazy brainwaves of stimulation, which is like that peak mind that we don't, that this is why we're stressed out. This is why we aren't sleeping well. This is why people are, are feeling overwhelmed in comparison is because our natural patterns of how our mind is being disrupted when we grab our phone first thing in the morning. Hey, everybody. Yes. Yes. And so it's going to take time to rewire your mind to not grab your cell phone. And that's okay. There is a learning curve, but this is one of the most powerful things that you can do for yourself that will help you connect to your inner wisdom, your peace, and your joy. If you want to feel on purpose with your day, we have to look at your cell phone patterns and boundaries, right? And so even starting with the first 30 to 60 minutes in the morning and the last 30 to 60 minutes before you go to bed, just changing that time. I call it book ending my day. You know, like if you have a bookshelf and there's books, you have some type, something that's heavy, that's holding up the books, right? It's, those are the book ends, Having cell phone free, like no cell phone time, book ending the, you know, your day is so important. And it might almost feel kind of boring where you're like, what do I do with myself if I'm not scrolling on my phone? Right. And this is important because what can you do? You get to pull out your journal. You get to reflect on the day. Or if it's the morning time, you get to plan your day, right? My favorite is is when I wake up in the morning, writing down any dreams I might have had. You know, I don't know if you're a big dreamer, but you know, sometimes you get those crazy dreams and you're like, if I don't write this down, I'm going to forget it. I think there's so much insight and wisdom that can come to us from our dreams. Um we got comments saying, I've been doing better about not grabbing my phone as soon as I wake up. Bravo. Amazing. Right. And it's, it's, um, a process. It's not a light switch. And so if you find yourself grabbing your phone and you're like, wait, I said I wasn't going to do that. Put it back down. Right. It doesn't have to be an all or nothing thing where it's like, Oh, I ruined it this morning. I got to start again tomorrow. Um, Mel said, this is one of my goals this year, sacred mornings and evenings, AM and PM. Amazing. Oh, that's awesome that you put your phone on airplane mode. Yeah. Being able to have, um, airplane mode. I mean, there you go. Right. Even if you grab your phone and you go to uh, Instagram or you go to Facebook and it's like, cannot load because there's no internet. It then reminds you, Oh, that's right. I haven't like, it's still that first 45 minutes, that first one hour and learning how to sit in stillness and sit in silence and not be so um, stimulated by social media calms the nervous system. And when our nervous system is calm, our health can be optimized. We, our body, literally the immune system can rejuvenate itself so much better when we are not in a state of stress. The, the, one of the issues and why it's so hard is it's actually addicting. You know, social media is very addicting because it, it, it stimulates the dopamine receptors in the mind. You know, we've all heard like of dope, right? Well, it comes from the dopamine receptors and that's that getting stimulated by something, being like, oh, what else can I learn? What else can I see? Who else can entertain me? Who else can be able to show me something new? And it's the easiest way to avoid being present in our life. That's really the biggest part. It's a lot easier to sit and scroll than to actually look at the things in our life that we need to look at, you know? With, so creating that sacred time with you and you, or you and the people in your life that really matter. If you're, if you have, you know, a significant other, or if you have kids or whatever else, like you can be on your phone as much as you want, but I encourage you to make the mornings and the evenings a phone-free zone. And then what you get to do in that time is open up a journal. You get to set the tone for the day. Even if it's just the three G's, I ha- or I call it the three by three method for journaling. And this could be bullet points, right? Cause sometimes you're like, yo, I'm busy. I don't, I don't have time to sit and reflect on things. A that's okay. <laughs> B sometimes it's, are you really busy or is it just not a priority? And if we do, and that's where I like to, whenever I find myself saying I'm too busy, that can sometimes be a trap of getting stuck in the scarcity mindset. And so a way that I check myself is I ask myself, am I too busy or is this not a priority? And so you can start to use that languaging of anytime you go to say, 
um, you know, I don't have time, start saying it's not a priority. And if it resonates with you, okay, cool. It's not a priority. But if you're like, whoa, it actually is a priority, then that's why it's checking yourself that like, so I use that a lot whenever, um, I'm starting to feel like scarcity against time. So the three by three journal method that you can use, but stocks, hi boyfriend. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's so scheduling that time. I mean, and here's the thing, not everyone's going to be as sensitive as, um, people like me or people like you, right? Some people can be able to open up their phone and go on it. But what I've noticed for me is I feel more grounded and centered in my day when I don't have all this other information telling me what to focus on. When I set the tone for what I choose to focus on first, um, I feel more aligned. So I want to share with you the three by three journal method, because this is a way that you can make journaling fast if it needs to be right to the point, um, but also very effective and on purpose. So the three by three journal method is this. Hi, Claire. Um, Three things that you're grateful for and why. Three things that you want to do today that are like the top three priorities and three ways you want to feel today. So it's like the three things that you, I call it like the three G, three things you're grateful for, the three D, three things that you get to do, right? Not have to do, get to do. And the three B, three ways of being, right? Who do you need to be in order to do those things? It's kind of like every time you set a to-do list, I want you to set a to-be list. So it's like, oh, I want to do this, this, and this. I need to be, and I want to be, and I get to be patient, confident, direct, diligent, energized, happy, grateful, joyful, connected, present, calm, right? Whatever words you need, but I want you to get used to creating a to-be list every time you create a to-do list. Um, cause it's powerful to, to actually write things out. And sometimes you're, there's going to be more than just three things and that's okay too, but this could be bullet points or this can be in a paragraph format. When I sit down to journal, it's like, Hey Kels or a good morning world or hello universe. You know, however you like to do it is fine. But if you haven't done it, make time for it. Even if it's you setting a timer or you deciding, I'm just going to fill up one page and allowing there to be a stream of consciousness from your mind to the pen, to the paper is really powerful. Even if you're just like writing, like, I don't know what to write. And I'm sitting here in my room and I heard this was really good for cultivating joy, but I'm not sure, you know, it doesn't matter. Let's remove the, um, Let's remove these expectations of what it's supposed to be and instead just let it be because there's a lot of studies and there's a lot of science around journaling um, and, and just writing down your goals, right? Writing things down of setting goals for the day, but it will help regulate your nervous system by slowing down. And it also will help you get clear on what's actually going on within your mind because the mind is going like so quickly, right? We can think so much faster than we can write. And so when you sit down to write, it's forcing you to slow down. And in a culture that we live in, that's always trying to make things fast, cheap, and easy. um, You'll be challenging yourself by slowing down. And that's important because we need to learn how to be present. Um, There's a scene in cars. Have you guys ever seen Disney cars? I I'm obsessed with Disney. I love Disney music. I love Disney movies. And there's a scene in Cars where the older, the older retired race car is trying to teach the younger guy um, how to make this turn. And he can't make the turn because he's just like pedal to the metal going hard. And the, the lesson that he had to learn was in order to accurately make that turn, he had to learn how to slow down. So it was like slowing down allows you to go faster is kind of the metaphor of it all. And so just notice that if your mind is telling you, I don't have time, then you need to make time. And you actually do have time. That's just a construct that you've been stuck into feeling like you're behind and it's not true. And if you feel like you're behind, it's like compared to who says who compared to what, what the fuck is time? (laughs) You know what I mean? So sacred mornings, 
having a no phone time in the morning and a way that you can break the habit of scrolling while you're in bed is not charging your phone by your bed. And so I make sure that my phone is charged away to where I can't easily lean over and grab it because I know myself, if I could lean over and grab it, I would be tempted to, right? So I'm not saying that this is super easy for me and I'm just different. I had to train myself to not um, grab my phone. And also I noticed my sense of focus um, has dramatically improved since not using my phone in the mornings and the evenings. And think about it like this, when we're falling asleep, when we're falling asleep, our brainwaves are starting to slow down. And so we are easily influenced at that point very easily influenced. And so if we are scrolling, we're letting anyone and everyone randomly influence us. Like we don't want that. We want to be on purpose with who's influencing us, not just anyone and everyone that we can scroll and listen to on the internet. And so if you fall asleep with someone else's opinion and you're feeling a sense of comparison, guess what you're going to wake up to? a sense of comparison and feeling like other people know more than you do and it's limiting your inner wisdom. So highly recommend to make what changes you need to make. Start with 30 minutes, then go to 45, then go to 60. See how long you can go before going on your cell phone and checking social media and instead meditate grab a journal, do anything you, any, go outside, put your feet in the grass. Like allow yourself to feel the stillness of not doing anything. Also leave your, uh, we got a comment, leaving your phone out of reach forces you to get up and shut off your alarm instead of rolling over and falling back to sleep. Yes. (laughs) To be honest, that's how it originally started was I needed to get out of bed to turn off my alarm. So that's a great point, babe. That's a great point. I'm saying babe, because that's my honey. Okay, so the next point um, is less screens, less screen time. I mean, this is definitely correlates with that morning and evening of being aware of the boundaries with our phones and not, <laughs> not and noticing the addictions that we have. You know, if the first things we're doing in the morning and the last things we're doing at night is consuming and consuming and consuming, our mind gets used to that level of stimulation needed in order to find satisfaction in the moment. So it can be much harder to find satisfaction within our relationships, satisfaction um, within our work, satisfaction within anything else if we're used to that high level of stimulation that social media brings. So I want to encourage all of you guys to research on your phone how much screen time you've had. And I know it's kind of ironic, you know, because you're watching this on the screen, you know, so again, I am a big fan of social media. I'm also just a really big fan of intentional social media time and creating boundaries with ourselves so we can be focused because one of the biggest things that women come to me about is procrastination and overwhelm and feeling like they just can't manage it all, that things are chaotic or things are slipping through the cracks. And it's amazing what we can get done if we put our phone in the other room in order to do it. And so noticing... um, If you sit down to focus on something, what I recommend is setting a timer for 15 minutes. Turn your phone on airplane mode, set a timer for 15 minutes, and dive into that one thing. And you don't have, and like encouraging, I'm encouraging you to remove expectation of what you think it's supposed to look like. And instead, just say, I'm gonna focus on this for 15 minutes and just see how far I get. No expectation. Starting and doing a little bit is better than not doing any at all. And I'm also going to put my phone on airplane mode because it doesn't distract me because it's incredible how easily it can distract us and especially having notifications on. Um, I've shared this in past posts, but I don't have any notifications turned on my cell phone except text messages, um, the I am affirmations app, which I highly recommend that you download as soon as this live is over, go into your app store or your play store or whatever, and download the I am affirmations app, because there's all these different categories that will send you a beautiful, loving affirmation straight to your phone. Okay. 
And then I also have the third notification, which is the only other notification I have turned on on my phone. Um, says it's three times a day. The first one says breathe, bitch. The second one says breathe, mama. And the third one says um, breathe, baby. Right? I don't know. It's all these little like terms of endearment that I use towards myself that remind me to breathe. Okay. So uh, notifications I do not have turned on Facebook. Instagram, news, politics, stocks, anything like that. Because then you are in control of going into that app, right? And so I've heard some people say like, well, I don't want to miss anything. It's like, well, that's the exact thing that we're trying to um, rewire is this feeling of missing things or FOMO or being behind and instead starting to instill this mindset of being intentional and on purpose and structuring out your day in a way that feels so freeing. So it doesn't feel so chaotic. So things aren't robbing your attention and consuming your precious headspace. So less screens, more meditation more journaling, more being present, more stillness, more silence, more, more connection and conversations, right? You know, and something too, like just as like a public service announcement, when you're with people that you really love and you care about and you're sitting at the table with them, remove your phone from the table. And if you don't want to remove your phone from the table, at least flip it over. Like that's one thing that I don't know if my boyfriend's ever noticed this, but if we're in the middle of having a conversation and a notification or a text message pops up on my phone, I immediately flip my phone over. I flip it upside down, right? Because I don't want anything to rob my attention away from this conversation because whoever's right in front of me is the most important person to me in that moment. If I'm choosing to talk to someone, then I'm going to give 100% of my attention to them because that allows me to deepen the relationships in my life because the relationships in my, in my life really matter. And so if you find yourself, yeah, he's like, true, I do it. I always flip it over. And it's funny, one time I thought in my mind, I'm like, I hope he doesn't think I'm flipping my phone over because I don't want him to see the message because that's not the case at all. If anything, I don't want to see the message because I don't want it to pull me out of this conversation right here and now because that's how I would want to be treated in, you know, conversations is, is being honored and that, that attention, right? Of like, I see you and you're here versus something else that's trying to pull my attention away from that. And so just notice because it doesn't feel good to have a conversation with someone and they're like, uh-huh. Uh huh. And they're actually looking at their phone and they're not present. Like that doesn't feel good. And so don't be that person. You know, when you sit down for dinner with your loved ones or you sit down for dinner with a friend, keep your phone in your pocket. Don't pull your phone out. Obviously, if you're having conversation, you're like, oh, let's take a photo. Like even being someone who has a personal brand business, right? I have this online personal brand through social media, through, you know, the podcast. Some of you guys have listened to the podcast. Um, if I am doing something and I'm with friends and family and I want to be able to take and record, you know, a video, I'll record it, save it. And I put my phone away because I want to be present with the world around me, right? I love social media. It's fun. But when I'm with people in person, I'm with them right? If I want to take a video, I I record it and then I put it away. So then later when I'm by myself, I can edit it and post it because being in person and present with my relationships and the people that I love is more important than anything else. And so ask yourself, you know, with your relationship to technology and your cell phone and things like that, or the TV, are, are you honoring the relationships in your life? And is that reflecting with how you're spending your time? Because it's really important that we check in with this because most people and I myself included, like there's an addiction to social media because there's so much satisfaction that can come from it. There's that, you know, satisfaction of new information, that satisfaction of someone liking something or commenting something and that ability to create connection, right? There's a lot of beauty and amazing things that come from it, but it's so powerful that we need to create boundaries with it in order to honor the, the, the real IRL relationships in our life. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And the instant gratification of it all, right? You know, there's this one video that made me laugh so hard. It was like, it was a reel and it was one of the audios. I was like, ain't no one going to catch me. Ain't never, ain't no one going to catch me. And they're like, why are you too street smart? She's like, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And the caption underneath said, posting about self-love when I'm not feeling love towards myself. And I thought that was so funny because it's like, you know, you get the instant gratification of posting something and getting a response in order to elicit a response that you're wanting, you know? So yeah, there's a lot of instant gratification there. And the fact that we can scroll and it never ends, right? Have you ever gotten caught in that moment of like, I know I have where I'm like scrolling and scrolling all of a sudden I'm like, I'm not even freaking reading any of this. I'm just scrolling out of like this force of habit of just like maybe something interesting will pop up. And there's actually similar um, studies around the lottery or not the lottery. um, uh, 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 What's it called? When you're sitting at, oh, the casinos. When you're at the casino and you keep putting in money and in hopes of getting that ding, 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 ding like winner, 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 you know? And so a similar thing happens with social media or with our email, right? With work of like refreshing the email, refreshing the email, refreshing the email, hoping to get something good. And so the same thing happens. Our mind gets addicted to this possibility of reward. And when we do get rewarded here and there, has anyone, okay, comment below if you've ever seen the movie Social Dilemma. It's really interesting. And I think it's an important movie for everyone to watch. Um, in order to really, like, not really understand, but get a different understanding of the social media algorithm and things that it works. It's almost like a toxic relationship. Um, Let's see. How would you tell your friends you want them to put their phones down while hanging out without sounding needy? Oh, that's a great question. You know, so honestly, me and my friends have had these relationships and I've had people tell this to me. And that was like the big wake up call. It was like three or four years ago and it was at my friend's wedding and I was so excited. So I wanted to document everything. And one of my friends, she was like, put your phone away and be present, right? She was much more like sassy about it, like a little whip, you know, but I needed to hear it exactly as in that way, because it was like, oh my God, you're right. Thank you. Right. And so I don't think you're sounding needy at all. It's if you say, Hey, like put your phone away, be present with us. Like that can wait. You know, if, if you have, um, like healthy relationships with them, Asking someone to be like, hey, be present with us. Put your phone away. They're going to respond to that because who, who's going to be like, no, I don't want to be present. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and so I would kind of, I would release the fear of sounding needy and instead um, really ask yourself, how can I, how can I honor my honesty? You know, because if you're feeling like this, is this person not care about me because they're just on their phone or like, you know, I'm out to dinner with this person and they're just swiping on their phone. Like ask them like, hey, what the heck? Put your phone away. Be present. I want to, I want to talk to me (laughs) like scroll on your phone later, please. Come on. Just be present with me. Um, or you can share with them be like, Oh, you know, I was listening to this like girl on Instagram (laughs) and she was talking about how she always puts her phone away when she's with people. I think we should do that. Right. Obviously that's kind of like saying, saying something without saying something. I personally like direct communication of someone just saying it directly to me. Like I respond better to that. Um, but sometimes, but you know, your relationships say it, however you need to say it, but don't be afraid to say it. Cause I think everyone needs to hear this. Everyone. Okay. Honor my honesty. Yes, 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 yes. I was trying to remember this one the other day. Thanks girl. You're so welcome. Honor your honesty. Write that down because, and this is also another mantra that I really like that's helped me and supported me so much over these past couple years because I joke with you guys, but it's totally real. I'm a recovering perfectionist and a recovering people pleaser. Being an empath without boundaries creates a people pleaser. So it's really important to know those boundaries of being able to, because boundaries too, like boundaries creates deeper connection and deeper relationships because it's not allowing people to overstep when they don't even realize they're doing it, right? Because we aren't expressing ourselves of what's okay and what's not okay of what we like and what we don't like. And so not looking at it from this like victim mentality, but instead this very, um, it's, it's just, uh, allowing yourself to express yourself. That's what it comes down to. Um, Mel said, maybe try a group challenge, asking everyone, including yourself to put the phone away when you first see each other. Yeah. And you know, this is really what comes down to it is practice what you preach because people will respond to you. 
if you yourself are not pulling out your phone in front of them and you're just completely present with them and you're just like, they're looking at them, they're not going to pull out their phones. And so just start with you. Practice it yourself and notice if you see a different response in your relationships and the people around you. That's what I would say. Try it yourself first. So the mantra that's really been helping me and really supported me, especially last year uh, living in Mexico, I was around just... The universe was presenting me with a lot of opportunities to express my truth and honor my honesty. How about that? That's how I'm choosing to say it. Universe was giving me a lot of opportunities to honor my honesty. So the mantra that I would use is being real rather than nice because being real is nice. Okay. Comment that below. Being be real rather than nice because being real is nice. It's kind of like a tongue twister. It's like, how fast can we say it? <laughs> be real rather than nice because being nice, because being real is nice. Yeah, I even mess it up when I say it too many times because it actually came to me in a plant medicine ceremony and it felt like God was just like, be real rather than nice because being real is nice. And it was just so clear. And Right after that, there was a lot of different situations where I could feel myself wanting to be nice rather than real, you know, because sometimes it doesn't feel nice if you're used to accommodating to what you think other people want rather than truthfully expressing your needs, likes, and dislikes. And the truth is the people in your life that love you and care for you and want to create, you know, intimate connection with you, they want to know what you like and dislike. They care about that. They aren't trying to manipulate you. They aren't trying to just get their way with you. They want to create connection with you. And so you have to be open to connection and honoring that by expressing yourself. You know, obviously with romantic relationships, there's there's certain like compromising with things and getting to know and like meeting each other halfway at times and stuff. But I'm speaking more about those initial conversations with people. Um uh, well, actually, in romantic relationships, too, you know, there's been times where I, I could feel myself wanting to people please and be like, oh, no, it's okay. But inside of me was starting to feel this burn because I needed to honor my honesty. I needed to be real rather than nice. And the more we learn to not take things personal, the less we will project the idea that other people are taking it personal. That's been like a really big aha moment for me as a sensitive soul, you know, as we're saying it, um, is if you take things personally, every time someone does something, you automatically project that, that oh, if I do this, they're going to probably take it personally. And then like the rabbit hole of overthinking starts. If you know, you know. (laughs) Okay. Um, Another uh, tip for sensitive souls is getting a mentor, a coach, a guide, a teacher, right? Maybe you are learning from this person like this, right? You know, this is you consuming information that is benefiting your well-being, benefiting um, your relationships and your self-love, okay? Obviously, I'm tooting my own horn here, but that's my mission. That's what I'm here for. That's why I use social media. And so you are getting mentorship in a way by consuming this information. If you're listening to someone's podcast, and so trust that you will find people that are coming into your life for that exact reason, right? Reach out to them, ask them questions, right? I always put, I'll put questions in my story of asking you guys for feedback of what do you want to hear more about? What do you want support with? How can I help you? I'm here to serve you. I'm here to take a stand for you and take a stand with you. And so that only works when you allow yourself to express yourself of what's actually going on. And I think one of the biggest things is, um, admitting that you need guidance and maybe not admitting, but at least opening up to, well, what is your way of doing this? Because this way for me hasn't been working. That was a big, um, I would say turning point for me in my self-love journey was being open for coaching. I was working with this coach for like almost a year before I started reaching out when I was in a moment of need because I had this mentality of, I need to figure this out on my own. I need to do this by myself, like something virtuous about 
being a lone wolf, you know, and that's very celebrated and praised in our culture, especially if you're in the US or Canada, our Western culture celebrates, you know, Miss Independent, doing it all by yourself, you know, but Brene Brown, she, it's hilarious. She always refers to the song, here it go again on my own, you know, it's like we celebrate that. But the truth is we're wired for tribe. We're wired for community. And so giving yourself permission to reach out to people that you know, like, and trust whether that's someone on the internet or someone in your actual life. And obviously it has to be someone that you trust as well. Um, And a part of trusting yourself comes with allowing yourself to trust the people around you. Because if you don't trust yourself, you're likely not going to trust anyone else. Um, You know, and I feel like finding a mentor or a coach or a guide or someone that you look up to will naturally happen when you are open to connection and finding a partner like in other areas of your life, you know, because if you're closed off to the idea of finding a romantic partner, then you're probably closed off to the idea of finding like a soul aligned mentor or coach as well. And so opening your mind up, opening your mind up to the possibilities of why not. And think about it. There's so many people in the world. The internet's such a crazy, interesting thing. And so start affirming to yourself and start asking yourself, you know, like, um, I would even just starting with guidance of like universe, I'm open to the right coach or the right mentor that needs to come into my life. I'm open to learning. I'm open to, to investing my time into my growth, investing my money into my growth, investing my resources into my growth right? And what is it that I'm wanting to grow into, right? Having these conversations with yourself and the way that I have these conversations with myself is through journaling and through meditation, but journaling, especially because meditation is more of this internal feeling. And I can feel like my point of focus softening, which allows me to really come into alignment. And then when different ideas come to me, I like to write them down. I like to document them. You know, most of my ideas for things that I share here on social media, um, comes when I'm taking a walk or working out or right after meditation, you know, it's never when I'm like, in the grind. I got to sit down and come up with ideas and like forcing it on myself. It's when I release the need to have the answers that the answers come. It's almost like clearing the freeway, you know, all of a sudden it's all clear and we can be able to have access and the the path reveals itself. Um, and that kind of comes back to the same thing that I teach in glow is learning how to access your inner wisdom. And the way that we do that is by calming the mind and calming the chatter, because when we have all of this information going on in our mind and we're worried or consumed with thoughts and ideas and overthinking things, um, it's almost like our energy flow is clogged and we're not able to take action on the things that really matter to us because we're overthinking. We're not able to hear our wisdom and our intuition and like get those downloads of ideas because we're overthinking. And so this is why I'm so passionate about talking about journaling and meditation because we need to learn how to manage our mind because if we can manage our mind and our point of focus, we can attract anything we want into our life. We can be present for the relationships that we want to have and cultivate in our life. Um, and we can start to cultivate that joy that we truly want and that you truly want. And that's what I'm here to support you in. And that's why I'm so passionate about all of this stuff because, um, I didn't know it was possible I didn't, I didn't realize, you know, we don't know what we don't know until all of a sudden I was experiencing, I was like, oh my gosh, I want everyone to experience this. I want everyone to experience this liberation of self-forgiveness. And so that was like a big turning point for me and my self-love journey is realizing, and this was only through having a coach. I wouldn't have realized this on my own through investing in myself and and saying yes to something that felt so scary because I'd never invested in myself before on such a high level. It was like $3,000 and it was a couple month program. And I was so terrified. I remember just being like, oh my, like just panicked about it. But at the same time, so freaking excited about it because I knew that it was opening me up to something big. And it did, like it led me to this coaching journey that I'm on now of like working with women. Oh, it's 555 in my world. 555 is the angel numbers for transformation and growth and change. And that's exactly what we're talking about. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, 
but yeah, I didn't realize I needed to forgive myself. I had a lot of resentment from past relationships and a lot of fear of getting into new relationships because I felt like it might just happen again. And so I started creating this wall of, of a wall of like separating me from people because the fear of being hurt was so real. And so when I started to forgive myself and I had a coach walk me through the processes of self-forgiveness and self-expression and a lot of the things that I teach here, it woke me up to so much joy and so much um, personal freedom of not feeling controlled by other people's emotions and not feeling swayed by needing to do what I think I should do versus what I want to do. Oh my gosh. Oh, Vanessa, that's amazing. V said, that's how I felt when joining Glow. I'm so excited for our group call tomorrow night. Yeah, so there's a current group that's going. It's the fourth group of Glow. The fifth group, the doors are open. And um, the first week of informa- of like you know content where it's like an introduction to meditation, it starts on Monday, um, which is the 7th. But the first group call isn't until the following Tuesday on the 15th. So the, gro- the doors for Glow Self Love Mastermind are open until the 15th of June. And then on the 15th of June, the doors are closed, okay? And so if you've been wanting to, cultivate joy and learning how to love yourself and, and, and how to use these tools like meditation and journaling and how to access that self-expression. Cause a lot of times it just feels like there's a block, you know, it literally feels like there's an energy block and it's because there is right. There's past experiences that have blocked us from feeling safe to express ourselves or to be seen or to be heard. And I believe that that's what every human wants. Every human wants to be loved, seen, and heard. And your inner child wants to be loved, seen, and heard by the adult you. The adult you wants to be loved, seen, and heard by the world around you. And this is our part of our soul's journey. It's a part of our soul's evolution to learn how to unlock that part of ourselves, to let that part of ourselves be seen. And instead of, you know, avoiding the fear, let's lean into the fear. Because... The things that we're most afraid of is insight to the things that are going to awaken the most joy. Okay. So, yeah. So those are tips for the sensitive soul. This has been such a fun episode and definitely a longer episode than normal. Um, but I had fun and I hope you did too. So I am your host, Kelsey Lowe. You are listening to Joyfully You Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, post it to your stories or send it to someone you know that needs to hear it. Um, And if there's other topics that you want to hear more about, send me a message on Instagram because I love getting these messages of hearing what's resonating with you, what you like, um, topics you want to hear more on, and I will dive deeper on those here on the podcast. So you are listening to Joyfully You. I am your host, Kelsey Lowe, and I will see you on the next episode.